Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Padme, and I'm joined by a very special guest this week, Matt uh, Mike Fink of uh, the Hockey Writers, who covers the Islanders and Bridgeport. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a busy week, I guess, right? It has. Uh, not my my week hasn't been as busy as yours. You've been <laughs> traveling around, following Bridgeport, covering the AHL. Yes, um, my first year covering Bridgeport, for, uh, fourth year covering the Islanders, but uh, been covering Bridgeport in uh, in person this season. It's uh, it's been a uh, it hasn't been so good for them, but uh, still uh, plenty of exciting stuff going on. The uh, AHL season's picking up. Uh, the NHL season also they kind of go hand in hand, and uh, we're only a few more games till the All Star break. It looks like so. Uh, powering powering through i guess uh in the hockey world <laughs> well a bad day in hockey is a, a good day for anything else really i mean yeah watching hockey is not a bad job to have yeah i mean like i always i, I thought about it last year because uh during the playoffs i call it like sleep deprivation months where or sleep deprivation yeah. period where it's like the first round and the second round especially and in all the podcasts, you hear the same sort of theme where it's like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm exhausted. I know don't don't know what day it is," but I'm like, thinking in my head like you wouldn't trade this for anything. Like this sort of feeling, like it's it's always always a pleasure. Always, always like especially once the playoffs come around and it's like all the and it's like the best quality hockey and it's always it's always a blast. So like, uh, so yeah, we're in the we're we're kind of in the dog days of the season where it's like the All Star breaks a few days away and then like you kind of getting into a different sort of stretch but this yeah. is but still like uh oh never never a dull moment i think oh uh, i'm looking forward to the all the ahl all-star game uh for montreal uh they're gonna have logan mayu there from the laval rocket so I, i'm gonna be interested to see how he fares in the skills competition and the game itself uh just to kind of gauge his development thus far yeah uh it looks like I mean, it looks like Laval's got, I mean, it was kind of like almost the backhanded compliment saying that they had uh, a good farm system because all the players were called up. But the reason they were called up because the roster wasn't so good. It was one of those like backhanded compliments. But uh, but it looks like, but um, looks like, it looks like Montreal. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing because I think Montreal's building something promising. When you look at like the number of young players that are coming up at our uh, promising look look good early yeah and that brings me to basically why we're we're on the show today it's kind of a look back at the game last night where Montreal had some young players but more so they they celebrated a former great with uh, pathetic Rois return as the coach of the New York Islanders um, so I thought it was an amazing tribute that they gave him during the uh, national anthem. 
And he looked rather emotional afterwards. What did you take from that moment? Yeah, I mean, Montreal does some of the best tributes. I mean, you talk, you look at like how they uh, appreciate, I mean, some of the greats. And I mean, understandably, I think Patrick Waugh really is a unique, a unique star for a unique era because you think about him, he was part of the, I mean, he's really one of the, I mean, you talk about the greats from the previous eras in the seven, the fifties, the seventies, and all that. But he's really one of the like, possibly the greatest from like the nineties, and that's really the last time. So they gave him that. I mean, it was a great, it was a great tribute. And I think Patrick Wall said he didn't want it to be about him, and yeah. he didn't want it. He didn't want it to be about himself. He wanted it to be about about like the team and obviously. But like once they started the tribute, it was like he couldn't hold back, and it was like it was it was clear like okay like take it in i'm kind it's kind of interesting because i would i would think like one of the things he could have done is used this as like a way to motivate the team where it's like hey guys like they're gonna do a tribute for me like everyone knows me that i'm coming back it's a big deal like let's let's like let's put a statement out let's do let's have a statement for tonight i mean you you know for sure montreal like said like hey nothing would make us happier then to uh, i mean probably marty san louis said like before the game to the guys like listen they're gonna have this tribute for patrick Waugh. it's gonna be his night let's make sure let's ruin his the, the night for him almost in a way and they, so like they're, they're he wanted he didn't want to make it about himself but i mean i think some good coaches actually like know how to play into some of the moments and i so like but it was it was great but yeah the beginning of the game i mean that uh during the uh the, the way the fans uh, applauded, um, gave him that ovation it was it was that was that was great to see. It was like it was like you kind of knew it was gonna happen, and like and it, it did. It was it was nice. It was a nice touch, honestly. Now he's only been there a couple of games, and I've I covered uh, I covered the QH QMJHL as well, and I I spoke to him at length throughout the finals, and I saw how he managed his bench in Quebec, but. How how do you see him managing in New York? Is it um, well on Long Island? Is it similar in that he's he's kind of a general on the bench and he's dictating to the players what he wants to see, or is, is does it still seem like he's feeling things out? I mean, it's still gonna it's gonna take a while until he really has a good um, until his systems in place until like everything's really in place. I mean, the Islanders don't want to be too patient. I mean, they don't want they don't want to say like, oh, it's going to take them a year to figure stuff out to take a full training camp because the expectations are to make a uh, to contend, and that's why they brought him in now and didn't wait uh, until the off season. I, I, in terms of like what you started, you're starting to see small differences. I think, or you're starting to see like how they look on the ice. I think one, a good way of describing it is they looked very loose under Lane Lambert. And now there's you see a tighter game, and you just see it's like it's more. They obviously, I mean, they make some mistakes still, some errors once in a while. Uh, they're they're the big thing though is they're playing with more of like uh, they're playing with more discipline. They're trying to play with more uh, focus, and uh, and I mean that's that's one of the things Patrick Waugh is trying to bring. He's also trying to, I think, bring. Uh, I mean, there's the there was the thing that Lambert was a little um, 
uh, subdued or a little uh, laid back on the on the bench, where he didn't like wear his heart on his sleeve. And if Patrick, any coach is going to do that, it's going to be Patrick going. You are seeing that, uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you are starting to see small differences. Uh, you, I mean, I still we're still waiting for I guess a good game to see like we're still waiting a few games in to see like what it's really going to look like. Uh, but uh, but I think I think one of the things is you're kind of seeing the Islanders want to get back to a more defensive structured game. They want to pl- uh, play more discipline, and I mean you're sort of seeing that not fully, but uh, but it, it, they are getting back to that a bit. Um, and and I mean we'll we'll see how long we'll see uh, how long um how the what the effect is because I mean. You almost feel like the honeymoon could have the honeymoon starting to end a bit after losing to Montreal. That yeah, that was like like that. That's it, the it, kind it, of game. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it did seem like uh, like the post game uh, talk from the Long Island press, at least from that side of it, it did seem like that's it. They're kind of exacerbated. Uh, they're they're tired or they're. I know the Islanders are only about what four points out of a, a wild card spot, and that's really the goal is to push for a playoff spot. So that seems to be the pressure behind him, uh, and that's kind of what we saw through the game. But despite that poor start, maybe because Montreal was emotional and picking off the energy from the fans, I did see a coach turn a team around and basically take over the game from that point on. Yeah, I mean the 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 really the Vegas game and Montreal game were similar in the sense that after or after the first period or after a slow start, they they made the game closer. They lost by one to mm-hmm. Vegas and they lost to, by one to Montreal. And I, there is a little bit of a you want to give if you want to give Patrick Wall the benefit of the doubt, you could say that Aiden Hill had a great game in net and uh, really. Um, uh, I mean, it was his first game back, but it looked like he didn't miss a beat in terms of just uh, blanking Islanders. Islanders were getting pressure. And I mean, Sam Montembeau had a great game. He, I think he had like f- close to 40 saves, maybe even more. Uh, just, uh, and I mean, the Islanders made it close in the end. So, I mean, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, one of the things you could say is that they faced these two goaltenders and you are waiting for that game where the Islanders possibly put up four or five and real, they have a good offensive performance but uh i mean and the first those two games you haven't seen it because goaltending was there uh yeah. so i mean you got i guess you you really want to see what happens after the also break they play one more against the panthers uh that and then they uh and then it's all star break but after the also break i guess really you, you'll get to see if, what this team really looks like under patrick law i think more more so yeah well, I mean that game, uh, the game against the Canadians. Uh, it, it, the Islanders, by far, deserved to win that game. They had, they had about what I'm looking at uh, natural stat trick now. They had almost seventy percent control of that game. They had puck possession almost seventy percent of that game, and if not for a couple of minor breakdowns early in the game, they might have just walked away with a regulation win. Yeah, I mean that. It, that's how. That's been the story of the season to an extent it's like 
this is the turnovers, the late, like sloppy play, the penalties, the, uh, when they take penalties, they, they ends up costing them. That's what, that was some of the issues under Lambert that I think ultimately got him fired because when you look at what some of the things you take a step back and look at like, what, what, what are some of the good things to check off when a team is well coached? You say, Oh, they're good at four checking. They play they play two way hockey and they play well in all three zones. And one of the other things is they don't take a lot of penalties. And if they do take penalties, it doesn't cost them. They have a good, uh, good penalty kill. And under Lambert, they had none of that. There was, it was just, they were they were uh, a you could say they were very a poorly coached team, and yeah. with Patrick Waugh, it's it's not that they 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 look more disciplined, but those mistakes are still coming back to bite them. Like the uh, as the kids call what what do they call it a pizza when you uh when you pass it to the blue you try to get Up an outlet middle, pass yeah. and you just turn it over. Yeah, like you've had you've seen Noah Dobson have a few of those, or you see um some of the defensemen have that have a few of them and it just it it those 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 plays cost them and that's what's and that's I mean it's been the story of the season you want to see if that's something that they'll improve under Patrick Law. I think if there's anything he'll one of the things that he'll add I think is the a more controlled uh transition game where it's like they'll be able to move the puck more effectively out of the defensive zone. But I mean so you're 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 hoping you're hoping to see that effect soon sooner than later I guess. Yeah and and in watching the game, you see the major uh, corner pieces of the franchise, like Noah Dobson, who played over half the game, uh, Matthew Barzal, Bo, Bo Harvat, Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri. They all brought it in that game. I mean, Dobson, like I said, played over half the game, and he had he had a three point night. Uh, except for that that pizza up the middle, I thought he was he played a dominant game. It was almost impossible to beat him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really, I mean, he's coming to his own, own on the offensive end. But, I mean, you just mentioned those four or five players. And one of the things that's interesting about the Islanders this season, I think, is it's not a top-heavy roster, but you look at where the offense is coming from. It's Barzell, Bo, Bo Horvat, Brock Nelson. It's like your big three. And then Dobson from the point. And then there's kind of a big drop-off from, from a scoring. I mean, you have good a good fort. You have you have good um, defensive forwards uh, in your on your third line, your fourth line. I mean, Sizikas is out, and he's kind of a that's kind of a big loss in terms of just overall production from the fourth line. Uh, but I mean, you you look at you they're not a top heavy roster because they have the depth, but like it, it start that is some of their issues. It's just like is. Uh, is uh the um especially the scoring production drops off after those yeah. guys and and I think the other the other thing really to think about is just this defensive unit is just not look the same this year and it I mean at first people were thinking it was a it's a Lambert issue because they played a they played um more of a loose style aggressive style uh with the defensemen like joining the rushes and that so you were thinking oh, okay this is more of like of Lambert's coaching style, but I mean, there Scott Mayfield hasn't looked the same this year, and I you're I think you're starting to see age catch up to him. Uh, yeah, Adam Pell Adam Pellick has been uh, on and off. Uh, I mean, now he's now he's hurt again, so that's kind of, that's kind of a different story. Pollock I don't hasn't been in the lineup 
it, it, the defensive unit has not looked the same, and it's kind of something that they've been able to rely on in the past few years, especially under Barry Barry Trotz. And now it just yeah. it's it's outside of Dobson, Romanov's uh, hit or miss kind of the the way he plays. So it's like he's really good. He's one of their best defensemen, but like you sometimes see it, and he's, he's still learning the game. So it's like he'll yeah. he'll try to take out a, a skater on the rush, and if he misses. If he if he hits him, it's a turnover. If he misses, it's a two on one, uh, or or an easy chance for the other team. So, so you you so that that's one of the other things you're realizing uh, with this team. Is it? I mean, but, but as you said earlier, I think which is interesting is that there are a few points away from uh, being back in it. If they get on a winning streak, yeah. all of a sudden, uh, they're 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 in a slump right now. So like you're you're like okay just take it take the hits but if they tr- they get on a, all this uh three game winning streak or whatever or they get win seven of ten then all of a sudden you're looking at them and you're like back in the mix in the metro basically which now, has been the talk, story you, this you, season yeah exactly and, and you're bringing up a, a point that i wanted to kind of touch on now obviously i wanted to talk about romanov uh but i want to i'll get to him in a minute I, i'm with only Four points between the Islanders and a playoff spot. Are they going to be aggressive buyers? Are they going to be buyers at all? Or are they just kind of going to stick with what they got? I mean, I yes, and this is a, this is like it's hard to answer this because I think if I Lamorello will do something to almost like put it's like putting the fibrillator on on the team. He did it last year with the Islanders were looked dead in the not dead in the water but they they were like in they were struggling in january it was like this almost a repeat of last season where they were struggling and then they make the big move and get Bo of that and you you wonder if the spark though this season was getting patrick well if that was the thing that was like okay this is like the uh brings like this team needs a this team needs a jolt you bring in a head coach who's going to definitely provide that. Uh, and if that's the move that you make, I mean, they, they could, I would, I would keep an eye out for maybe them making the move. Uh, they, in terms of like some of the needs, they, they need versatility. There was something that actually also got Lambert fired, where it was uh, one of the other issues under Lambert is that you just have too many one trick ponies and too many people who do like one specific thing and you need versatility, especially in the playoffs. They might add, the question is obviously what can they give up to uh to uh to make another move i mean the credit card is uh starting to uh, is starting to build, the debt's building up in the sense like you've given up first round picks you're going to do if you do it again then you don't have another first round pick the farm system isn't great you have individual players you could kind of you could flip uh i mean Dufour is kind of a player that people like to monitor, but he's the top prospect in your system. Yeah. You you have some prospects, maybe like last year they gave up their top prospect for Bo Horvat Maturatu. So you could say like, okay, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do something. The the other, I mean, the other the other question is, uh, if they continue to struggle, if they if they sell, I don't I don't see it either because like Lamorel does mm-hmm. not rebuild, and that's not something like, even though they do have an intriguing path to it because. Like, but I mean, I, I would so to answer the question. I think it's possible they can make a move. It just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem one like they they have they have enough pieces to make it to make the right type of deal. And two, 
it doesn't seem like that's the thing that they're going to do this year. It seems like the move was getting Patrick Waugh. That was the spark. And then maybe uh, maybe a minor move. Like, like last uh, last year, uh, Pierre Engvall was a, a, the extra piece that they got uh, at the trade deadline. Maybe a type of player, like a middle, middle six player that you could see them uh, making a move for. But, uh, but I mean, I don't know if I don't know if they have the pieces for like uh, if anyone wants Lindholm or Jake Gensel, I don't think they have the pieces for that. Yeah, it, it, I do think it'll be pretty tough considering they're they're fairly maxed out. I mean, they do have their first this year, next year they have their second this year, next year, um, but that is mortgaging uh, a future that for for something that may not lead to more than a one round win so it, you you guys aren't the leaps you're not your goal is not just one playoff round so i i can see why they wouldn't want to uh, want to buy but when you have players like noah dobson and now I'm, i mean romanov yeah he's learning but he's he, i mean he's a possession machine for your team um i can see him making one more move i, mean, I don't think it's going to be a massive move but I don't know, maybe something a little under the ta- under the uh, radar for a little bit more scoring depth. Yeah, I mean, the other interesting thing is Lunarello already, it was almost like putting the duct tape on the defense where the injuries mm-hmm. piled up and he did get Robert Bertuzzo. He, he acquired him for like a late round draft pick from the Blues and he acquired, and he picked up Mike Riley off waivers. And Bertuzzo's out now, so it doesn't really like it doesn't help that he's uh that he didn't help the cause that he's he's injured. Uh, mm-hmm. You could see maybe another he'll try to make another move for a two way defenseman. Uh, that could be a piece to monitor, but like, I mean, I think that 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 probably makes the most sense just because if we want to use Bo Horvat as a template, the price for a an elite player at the deadline is at least a first round pick at least yeah. a um at least a top prospect and an NHL ready young player like someone in their 20s in their early 20s like 23 24 or even younger who can make an impact immediately on a rebuilding team or a team that wants to rebuild so i mean the islanders have those pieces but then you're but then you're basically depleting your farm system or you're depleting everything else more. And you don't know, you don't want to like, you don't want to put yourself more into that debt almost. Yeah. And now with, uh, with Pelich out injured again with yet another concussion, uh, there's going to be some pressure on the call-ups at this point, you know, guys like, uh, I don't know, Mitchell Travis might get, uh, Travis Mitchell, sorry, might get a call-up. Um, so they're they're going to have some difficulties adjusting. Again, Noah Dobson is basically playing the top and second pair, so that'll help. But with Pelich out, I think that'll hurt a bit. And that kind of brings me to the next point uh, that I wanted to cover on the show, and that's the the hit that took him out. Um, now, oddly enough, on social media, normally when something like that happens. You got two sides, you know, team A, team B. They both disagree because they're they're backing their guy. But what I saw last night after that hit was basically everybody all at the same time 
yep, he deserves to be kicked out and he deserves a suspension. Now, I felt I felt terrible for Pelich. I thought, you know, he had just come back. He was starting to play well. And he's hurt again. And I mean, Gallagher especially, especially like to add, Pelic last season yeah. against the Blues, he hit his head against the boards and missed at least six weeks because of a concussion there. So especially for Pelic to be hurt, it's like almost like yeah. uh, with a concussion history, it's like it especially hurts with that. Yeah, and it did. It did seem. Uh, it did seem targeted. I mean, it, you normally don't see that from Gallagher. I'm not going to defend the hit, but I'm going to say that I've never seen him do something like that before. That's not his style. He he's a he's a grimy, greasy player in the crease, but he's never been a headhunter, and that did look intentional. So I I felt okay with the five games. I don't know what what do you see from the Islanders side of it. Yeah, I kind of it was kind of interesting you mentioned that because I don't think Gallagher has a history of no. hits, and that was part of the uh, reason he got five and not more because he didn't have a reputation. And I think Gallagher is or he, his his hit or not not this hit particularly, but like when a player like him gets fined or suspended, and people start coming out saying, "Oh, what a dirty player." I think there's a fine line between a player that plays chippy, who plays like, who is especially someone who who is a four checker or a hard hitter. A fine line between someone who's a hard hitter and a a a, a, a um and a, a someone who's like a grind grinded out type of four, a fourth liner and a dirty player. And then every every team has every team has those. I mean, you don't oh you almost you don't you don't can you don't win the cup without like fourth liners who can grind it out and uh, deliver some hard hits. So, but I mean, there's a fine line between that and a dirty player player who has multiple um, hits. I don't know Gallagher's reputation as, as well as obviously you would, but it doesn't seem like he has that reputation and, uh, and it doesn't seem like he has, he has, a, I mean, he, has, he doesn't have a track record. That's why it was only five. I think the big thing that really people are going to be upset about, understandably, is that these are the type of plays that the NHL is trying to get out of the game. The um, you just can't, you can't like, especially when you're taking your elbow and you're 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 sticking it out towards the skater. Like it almost it, it almost feels more of a malicious thing where the league is trying to get rid of this. Uh, where where you're uh especially like just skating up the ice. Like I know like a lot of old co- coaching cliches is you got to keep your head up while skating up the ice. But like they're, they're, you just in the, in today's game, like you can't, you just, you just can't, you can't do, you can't do that. And that's where the um, five games, I think the five, I think five is about right. One of the things I would ask, I was going to ask you is something I thought about before coming on is, do you think this was more or less dirty than Mark Shifley's hit on Jake Evans? If you remember, you remember the hit oh, when, yeah. So that's a good, I mean, this, this is interesting. I don't know what, I mean, it's probably subjective because that was obviously different context and a different situation. But do you think that what Brandon Gallagher did was more or less dirty than what Shifley did to Jake Evans with the empty net um, where he just, he just took him out basically? I do think that it was less uh, dirty because you could argue at least that with the Gallagher, the 
the Pelic hit with Gallagher, it was a spur of the moment to try and just get a piece of the guy. And, and he he made the wrong decision. Uh, but with the, the Shifley hit, he had 200 feet to know what he was going to do because he came from the other end of the, uh, the, the ring to make that hit. So that that was premeditation the entire way. So that's where I see it was a little bit, it was a lot more dirty. Um, not that I'm defending Gallagher's hit at all, but I do feel like the premeditation is the difference. So, I, I mean, the, the reason I, I mean, Shifley, I think, got four games for his. In and I mean, this is a, taking a step back is kind of every time a hit like this happens, the team that gets hit is like calling for the prosecution of the player, basically like, like, yeah. like 40 game suspension. Like, and the, the, I mean, of course you, you want to say that, but if, if using Shifley as a template where it was, I think four games, I mean, four games, in the playoffs, I think it was. So it was a little different than, uh, than, but even so, like, if you want to use that as a template, and I think one of the things that I think about is that that was in terms of context. Also, Brendan Gallagher, this is in the middle of a tight game. It was very close. And it was a, uh, one of those games that uh, if you want to include context where it was a tight game that they were still in it. And I mean, they had the lead, obviously. I mean, they almost didn't because of the penalty and the Shifley goal, it was like an empty net and it was like over and Shifley kind of wanted to send the message of like, don't run up the score, but like you wanted to do it by like hitting him. So I think, I think what, the reason I say that is because almost every, every team, there's every few Every, not every few years, but every year, there's or even every um, few months, there's always a hit that you immediately, in the moment, you want to say, like, oh, yeah, this guy should be suspended, like, 10 games, 20 games, or whatever. And the league the league has, I mean, if you want to use this template, like, they they have, like, they have, like, five games is a good, is a good metro, metric. Or if you want to say, um, five, like, five five regular season games versus uh, playoff games. I think that is a, you see, you don't, you very rarely see the league, especially on someone who for the first time, who doesn't have this reputation to come down hard like that. I mean, I know they want to get this out of the game. So it would be interesting to see. It wouldn't surprise me if they would have given him more, but with that in mind, I think just every, there, 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 there are, there are these, these, there are hits where it's like, you're like, Oh, in the moment you're like, Oh yeah, that guy should get, yeah. Especially when it's your team, you want to, you want, like, you want your guy, you almost want justice to be served in a way. But I mean, yeah. the league almost has that precedent, I think. And that's a question I wanted to bring to you. You see these plays that get, uh, that got the suspensions and the numbers they got, but you see plays identical to uh, to the one that Gallagher's made and they don't get anywhere near this type of punishment. Even people that have that, uh, that track record. So is this finally the NHL saying, okay, here's the here's the line. This is what it's going to be. You do something like that, you're getting five. Or is this just another case of random justice, spin the wheel, and this is what you get? I would lean more towards, they. I mean, just because I think they do want to get this out of the game where they want it. So, I mean, if they wanted to really set a precedent, I mean, if they really wanted to, then I mean, if they wanted to get this out of the game, they would have uh, come down harder, obviously. I mean, really want to get it out of the game. Uh, it's kind of like the same way if, if they wanted to get fighting out of the game, where if there was, if you start, if you started fighting, they would start handing out suspensions and fines and, and uh, longer penalty penalties for, for it. 
but they i think so i think they they want to they want to kind of enforce this more but uh well what's the name uh i don't i don't i don't think so it's more what Peros? it's what uh, the Paros, the uh, the safety, NHL sa- player safety. Is that who you're talking about? Because oh. yeah, I mean, I think I think like one of the things. I mean, the reason I, I mean, that was kind of the thing with that, with, like the Shackley thing. Because I think like uh, yeah. there's there's almost like I mean there there is like there four four games is almost I mean, five games also. It's like with these types of hits where it's like you were they I think they want to st- start saying like hey like we we want to start getting these out of the game. I think this is kind of their starting, almost a starting point where it's like, I mean, you, I'm going to be interested to see if that is the case because uh, I, every year, like you mentioned, there's, there's a play like this that gets a suspension of some kind. And every year they always say, okay, this, we don't want this anymore. But then the next, the next time it happens, it, it's a justice by different means. You, you understand? Well, I mean, yeah, I do. I do hear that. Like, yeah. there's sometimes someone gets like a two game suspension, and you're like, or no yeah. suspension at all. Uh, um, with that, I kind of, I was thinking, I was th- when with this one, when you think about it in a vacuum, or you think like, because I mean, I think because I think they probably, um, after like if they wanted to, they wanted to when they reviewed it, especially with the way the hit was, they probably wanted to give more, but then they, re- but then. They um with the review, I think because Gallagher doesn't have this history. Also, they wanted to uh, they wanted they moved it back to they moved it to five. Where I think it almost like it was an evening out. There is a lot of randomness sometimes. I mean, especially with players who are like reoccurring um with a reoccurring history. Tom Wilson is the one one that comes to mind. Where it's like he he'll have he'll have multiple hits, and then I mean. Not to single out Tom Wilson, uh, but he, he's, he's a player that come like, where it's like all of a sudden, like randomly, he'll like have something where people are like, oh, he's for sure getting suspended, and then it's only two games or one game. So I mean, I think, so I mean, I think there is a little bit of inconsistency when when it comes to that. I mean, maybe part of that also is because they do look at every case in they do look at every case individually and they don't look at it yeah. in the sense of like, um, they don't, they're not looking at um, some plays, some of these hits or some of these um, dirty plays is like, how can we get rid of this from the game as much as like, how do we punish a player who let's say um, didn't, let's say didn't do who, who didn't do, I mean, a classic example of a penalty where is like a skater comes, crash into the goalie and like knocks the goalie out of the game and that 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 that's a yeah. common and that's almost like a common hockey move where you're just skating on the rush you can't and it's hard to just navigate your way out of the out of navigate out of the way i mean if it happens to your team you're calling for the player to be suspended but uh so i mean but like when those when those plays happen it's like uh they're i mean they want to get they want to get rid of that but you also don't want to. You also want to look at the player individually and say, like, okay, like, what? what oh, like, they don't have this. Rep, if they don't have this reputation, then we don't. We don't. Then we don't. 
it's kind of this balancing act in a way where it's like we don't want to punish the player um more than we don't want to make him and we don't want to make that player the um the uh the victim of like of a greater cause i mean that would be that would be like brendan gallagher do you want do you think it would be fair to, to have brendan gallagher like suspended just because the message is we don't want we want to get this out of the game almost yeah. and he, he now, now mike I uh, we're running out of time. I have to yeah. like the the clock's running. I'm I'm terribly sorry for cutting you off. Uh, we're going into something really really good, but the the window's closing. So can you just let my fans know where they can find you? So I'm on the hockey writers. Uh, Mike Fink. Uh, I write about the Islanders, both Bridgeport and NHL. Once in a while, I write uh general NHL stuff. Uh. So that I'm there. Uh, you could find me there. I'm on Twitter. I think thinks underscore thoughts. I also got threads under the same name in case Twitter collapses for some reason, uh, yeah. which probably which also means I got Instagram because you know, in order to get threads, you had to get Instagram. I don't use it well. Uh, what's the name? Uh, uh, those are basically the things you could find me on. Um, hopefully, trying to produce more NHL and AHL content yeah. as the se- the season progresses. Uh, so uh, th- that's basically that's basically that. And with that, Mike, I really, really thank you very much for coming on the show, uh, especially coming in on short notice like you did. And uh, y- you brought some really good outside perspective to uh, the Canadians and what happened in the last couple of days. And, and a little bit of talk about Patrick Roy, who, let's be honest, every Montreal Canadiens fan loves to talk about. So... Again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, I, I encourage everyone to go check out Mike's work over at the Hockey Writers. And uh, for our, for my listeners, I want to thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for ch- uh, sh- checking in with us and sharing with us. Um, I really appreciate that. My f- co-hosts, Matt and Treg, both appreciate that as well. Uh, they were unfortunately unable to join us today, but they will be back eventually <laughs> real soon and uh finally uh thank you for listening thank you for tuning in and remember if you're talking about it so are we do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.